Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Duval, welcome in to another solo edition of the Gin Jag Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan DeLugo. You can follow me online at, on Twitter, at Jordan DeLugo. Follow the show, at Generation Jaguar, on Twitter and on Facebook and Instagram, at Generation Jaguar. Excuse me, on Twitter, we're at Generation Jag due to uh, length restrictions of usernames there. But yeah, thanks again for tuning in. This will be the second straight day I'm coming at you with a solo podcast, solo edition of the show. We'll be hoping to get Scott Klein and Hunter Evans back on the program here soon as my co-hosts. But for now, we've got a lot of Jaguars news to get to. Before we get to that, I'd like to thank the one and only sponsor of the show, Bold City Brewery. Find them online at BoldCityBrewery.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at BoldCityBrewery. And make sure to visit their tap rooms in downtown and Riverside. I'd like to remind everyone to check out GenJag.com for all the latest Jaguars news, analysis, videos, and podcasts. Quick shout out to our guy UCF Jaguar for coming through with the best independent Jaguars videos content on the web. Make sure to check out the GenJag shop for all your Jacks and Duval apparel. We've got hats, new coffee mugs up on the site, all sorts of fun stuff. Check it out. Man, like I said, it's been a heck of a day for the Jaguars in terms of news. Uh, we've got a Marcel Darius contract restructuring to get to. Dave Caldwell confirmed the Jaguars would pick up uh, Jalen Ramsey's fifth-year option. We had Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell press conferences at the NFL Combine. We've got all that and a bit more to get to on this show uh, first on the docket here, let's jump straight into the Marcel Darius contract restructuring. Uh, it was first reported by Field Yates this morning that the Jaguars were able to reduce Marcel Darius's salary cap hit this year by $5 million, effectively getting the Jaguars to about $3 million in cap space. They were over the cap prior to that. Uh, his base salary will be just under $3 million, and he'll also receive a $5 million signing bonus, which is how the Jaguars were able to uh, go ahead and restructure that deal while also getting Darius paid. Um, this this will remove the final year of Darius's contract, so now he's only under contract for the next two seasons through 2020. Um, and really, it's came out later through Dave Caldwell that Darius is the one who initiated the contract talks, which is really good to hear because uh, it just shows how much he wants to be in Jacksonville, how much he enjoys living here, playing for this organization, and uh, it's really encouraging for his future in Jacksonville. 
Uh, next up, we will jump into Doug Marone's comments from his press conference. He spoke with the media today at 10.15 a.m. up at the Combine in Indianapolis. Uh, he talked about Marcel Darius. He's really enjoyed his time with Marcel Darius, uh, dating back to when they were both in Buffalo. And he thinks that Darius has been great stopping the run in Jacksonville, which is really what the Jaguars brought him in in 2017 to do. But he uh, expects him to be more dominant, uh, not only against the run, but also as a pass rusher in 2019. Marone talked a bit about how good uh, Darius was in the pass rush department his first few years in Buffalo and would like to see him get back to that uh, in 2019, which, I mean, if you add you add uh, Darius's impressive pass rush ability from early on in his career to what he's already been doing in Jacksonville, which has been very solid productivity as a run defender, you're looking at a real force on the inside, especially when you combine that with Calais Campbell on one side, Unique Ngakwe on the other, and then probably it's going to be Taven Bryan taking most of the snaps next to Darius there. Um, Doug Marone also spoke about scouting young quarterbacks. Leadership is what he talked about being a big trait that he looks for in uh, rookie quarterbacks and young quarterbacks. He wants everyone else to be a little bit behind the quarterback in terms of the understanding of the offense, and if they can follow the quarterback's lead, that really uh, helps offenses thrive. And I'm all for that. I think getting a guy who can be a leader at the quarterback position is obviously necessary in the NFL. Um, if you're talking about players in this year's draft that show that, I mean, Dwayne Haskins, he's a, he's a film room warrior. He's absolutely fantastic when it comes to breaking down film, understanding defensive concepts, how to attack or, uh, how to try to mask deficiencies against different defenses or understand exactly where to go with the football when a certain defense is presented. If you haven't seen any of his uh, film room interviews, you should definitely YouTube that, Google that. He really can break down some film. So if you're talking about a guy who understands the offense, Dwayne Haskins is really going to be that guy. Um, now, Doug Marone also talked about Leonard Fournette. Uh, a lot of people around Jacksonville have been throwing a lot of shade Leonard Fournette's way. He obviously did not have a, a very impactful sophomore campaign in Jacksonville after what was really a, an impressive rookie year, which was capped off by three touchdowns against the Steelers in the playoffs in a, in a road win. But going back to his sophomore season, Doug Marone said uh, it was a rough year for, for Marone, for, excuse me, for Fournette with his injuries that held him back most of the year. I, I think that Marone, or excuse me, I keep saying Marone and so Fournette, Fournette really struggled mentally and physically last year because of the injuries. And uh, the good news is Marone believes Fournette is in a good place at this point. They've uh, sat together after the season and really hashed things out and got to a good place. Um, he said Fournette has been in the stadium working out. Currently he is in Wyoming of all places. I don't know if he's with Taven Bryan, who's the... Uh, noted Wyoming wild man, but he's up there working out, trying to focus and really get away from all the distractions. And uh, Marone is really confident that Fournette will be the 
bell cow workhorse type running back that the Jaguars drafted him to be and that he was in the 2018 or excuse me 2017 season. Uh, so if Fournette's able to return to form and really show why he was the number four overall pick, I mean you're talking about an offense that can really go from bottom of the barrel in 2018 back up to a one of the more impressive and scary offenses to face in the league like they were in 2017 when they ranked fifth or sixth overall in total offense. And they led the league in rushing that year, largely thanks to Leonard Fournette. So uh, then Marone got into the offensive philosophy and the playbook. He said in terms of getting the playbook together, all the offensive coaches, uh, which includes himself, uh, Warhop, uh, Rabisky and obviously the offensive coordinator John DeFilippo, they got together and created a unique playbook that kind of reflects all the different uh, philosophies that those coaches came from. They all come from different backgrounds and kind of compiled that, put it all together, and created a very uniquely uh, Jacksonville Jaguars playbook. And I think. Uh, that's a good thing, obviously. I don't think that one guy should have complete control over the entire offensive philosophy. So I think it's good to see a collective uh, collective um, combination of all the different philosophies that these guys have employed throughout their time in the NFL. All of them have just vast experience in the league. Now, a lot of what will actually go into what the Jaguars are running on offense uh, will be determined on who their quarterback is moving forward. Uh, And I believe that obviously will not be Blake Bortles. Doug Marone said that Bortles has been a true professional, handled everything really well, and he really sounded like a guy who was ready to get rid of Blake Bortles, as did uh, Dave Caldwell later on when he spoke to the media. So, in summary here, with Marone's comments, you've got Darius back for another year. He expects him to be even more dominant next season. When he's looking at young quarterbacks, he's looking for leadership, and uh, he expects Marone, or I keep doing that, he expects Fournette to be the workhorse for the Jaguars' offense in 2019. Uh, He expects their offensive philosophy to reflect all the different coaches that have... uh, that have experience and that are that are contributing to the Jaguars' offense, and uh, the playbook will be a bit based on which quarterback they actually end up going with here in the upcoming season. Now we get to Dave Caldwell. Uh, he was a lot more concise with his comments, but he had plenty to say. He said he likes the depth of this year's quarterback crop coming out of college. He wouldn't rule out the idea of taking a skill position player in round one and then coming back to get the quarterback in round two. That frightens me a little bit. Hopefully that's a bit of a bluff because he also mentioned that he is willing to trade up because of the extra draft picks they've acquired. Uh, I'm firmly in the camp of getting Dwayne Haskins or Kyler Murray, building your future around one of those two quarterbacks. I don't believe anyone else in the draft truly has franchise quarterback potential. Um, Carlos Hyde, apparently he is in the plans for the Jaguars' future, according to Dave Caldwell. Uh, he's not a guy I expected the team to bring back. They could save about $5 million by letting him go. 
But uh, I guess that's something that uh, they're inclined to do if, if Caldwell is to be believed here. And it's interesting. I think that if Carlos Hyde was put in a better situation last year, he likely would have performed a, a, a bit better than he did when he was in Jacksonville after the Jaguars traded for him midseason. But he was really unimpressive last year. Uh, and the limited duty that he did have with the Jaguars. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, Austin Safarian Jenkins also. The Jaguars did not bring him back, their starting tight end from a year ago. He suffered two sports hernias last year that required surgery. Um, Caldwell said that they have not ruled out bringing him back, even though they declined his contract option for 2019. But based on what Austin Safarian Jenkins said on Twitter and social media, uh, earlier this year, I think it would be hard for the Jaguars to bring Austin Safarian Jenkins back. He doesn't seem like he wants to be in Jacksonville anymore. So we'll see how that goes. Um, that's pretty much it for Dave Caldwell's comments from his presser. Uh, so before we get into Jalen Ramsey and his fifth-year option, Nick Foles, and we'll get into the combine as well, like to quickly remind you, Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the Gen Jag podcast. Find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. And make sure to visit their locations, uh, Roselle and Riverside or Bay Street downtown. Now, getting into Ramsey's fifth year option, I really don't find the move very surprising. Uh, I don't think anyone does. He's now under contract through 2020. And his 2020 salary will be determined down the road, but it'll likely be slotted in anywhere from the mid-13s to $15 million, I would guess. It just depends on how much that uh, transition tag, which is what the uh, fifth-year rookie contract options is based off of for top 10 picks. It depends on where that ends up slotting, but I would guess anywhere from 13 to $15 million. Um, now, this does not prevent the Jaguars from negotiating a long-term deal for Ramsey prior to or during the 2020 season. Uh, they can certainly work to get something done on that front, and I would definitely recommend them do that. Ramsey is just really a, a phenomenal talent. He's transcendent talent. He's probably already the best cornerback in football. He's shown that year in and year out in Jacksonville so far through his first three seasons. Um, but yeah, that's a guy you want to keep around in Jacksonville. Cornerback is one of the two most important positions on the defensive side of the ball, maybe the third, fourth most important position in all of football behind quarterback, defensive end, and maybe wide receiver. Uh, so, yeah, you definitely want to lock down lock down Ramsey long-term. But at least now they have him through 2020 guaranteed, and they can work towards a long-term contract down the road when they have more cap space. Uh, getting into Nick Foles here. Howie Roseman has officially said that Nick Foles will be allowed to become a free agent. The team will not franchise tag him. I believe that the idea that the Eagles would franchise tag Nick Foles was only uh, only brought to the forefront because Howie Roseman and the Eagles really wanted to drive up a trade market for Nick Foles, but none of the quarterback needy teams, including the Jaguars, really bit on that. Uh, the Eagles were not going to pay their backup quarterback franchise 
tag quarterback money. They just weren't going to do it. So now he'll become a free agent, and now I believe it does become much more likely that the Jaguars actually pursue him. His price tag will come way down now that the Broncos have their quarterback and Joe Flacco. Uh, there's not too many quarterback needy teams out there in terms of needing a veteran quarterback. You look at the uh, uh, Washington Redskins and Miami Dolphins as two teams that could be potentially in a race with the Jaguars to try to land full services, but it seems like the Giants also removed themselves from the full sweepstakes today by confirming that Eli Manning will be back in 2019. So the Jaguars really likely won't have too much competition for Nick Foles if they should uh, decide that he's the guy that they want to pursue. According to Schefter, the Jaguars are the favorites to land him. Uh, I think that's fine. I'd be happy to grab Nick Foles or any of the other veteran quarterbacks that the Jaguars would feel comfortable with. I know John DeFilippo is comfortable with Nick Foles. He was his quarterback coach in 2017 when Foles uh, led the Eagles to the Super Bowl over the Patriots. They worked great together there. And then I would also be fine with a guy like a Josh McCown, who John DiFilippo has worked with in the past, had good results with him, or even Tyrod Taylor, who's just a guy that is pretty consistent, uh, hard worker, great veteran, and he can also add something uh, with his legs as well to your offense. But anyways, if I'm the Jaguars, I am going to get my favorite vet quarterback, because there's not a huge market for veteran quarterbacks this year, and I'm also going to draft my favorite quarterback in the first round. Hopefully that would be Dwayne Haskins or Kyler Murray, but I strongly implore the Jaguars to go get a veteran and go draft their number one quarterback in the draft. I don't want them to take a quarterback in the second round, because then you're looking at I don't even know who's available in the second round. It looks like Drew Locke and Daniel Jones have good chances of going in the first round now. So you're looking at maybe Will Greer, Brett Ripien. I'm not a fan of uh, waiting till the second round to get your quarterback this year. I think you go get Haskins or Murray. Both guys have franchise quarterback potential, and I think they both have diverse skill sets. So obviously you go with the one you feel more comfortable with in terms of their skill set and mental makeup. Um but yeah, I just think the Jaguars have not done their team justice at the quarterback position in terms of not only drafting, but also going after veteran free agents over the past, uh, I don't know, 25 years. Uh, no, really, getting out of the late 90s, the Jaguars have just not been handling the quarterback situation properly. And going to get a veteran stabilizes your offense for the time being, and going to get your quarterback of the future, and Dwayne Haskins or Kyler Murray, uh, gives your offense a good uh, foundation moving forward into the future after you're done with the veteran that you sign. And like I said, none of these veteran quarterbacks are likely to cost too much now that the market has really dried up for teams that are quarterback needy in terms of a veteran quarterback. So you're looking at a pretty good situation if you're the Jaguars. In front of you in the draft, you've only got maybe uh, maybe the Cardinals if they actually do decide to go with uh, a Kyler Murray that you're threatened with or that you're threatened by to get a quarterback and then you've obviously got the Giants who even though they committed to Eli Manning in 2019 very possible that they draft a rookie quarterback so you really only got a couple teams in front of you that you're worried about 
potentially drafting a quarterback in front of you. So I think if you want to trade up to get your guy, that's fine. But there's not a ton of competition to get a rookie quarterback that high in the draft right now. And then also, there's not a ton of competition for the veteran quarterback market. So the Jaguars in a good position to go get themselves a good rookie that they can build around and a veteran that they can win with right now. Uh, I think that things are really playing out very well for the Jaguars uh, this year so far. Getting into some NFL draft and combine news, uh, Kyler Murray apparently is expected to throw at the combine per Rich Eisen. Uh, I think that's great. I, I would love to see Murray throw with the rest of the quarterbacks out there. I think he'll really be able to show off just how much of a stud he is against other, the other quarterbacks out there. Haskins will also throw. Again, I think he's going to look really good. Teams are going to want to look at Haskins' throwing motion. He's had some wonky throws. It usually ends up being very effective, kind of a la Phillip Rivers, but um, it'll be interesting to see both of those guys throw at the Combine this week, obviously. And then you've got Jawan Taylor, Florida offensive tackle, right tackle, uh, Mel Kuyper slotted him going to the Jaguars in his last mock draft. I don't think the Jaguars will select a right tackle at all, but if they do, I don't think it'll be nearly that early. They've got Jeremy Parnell currently under contract, but even if they elect to get rid of him, they've got Will Richardson, who was a fourth-round pick last year, uh, at right tackle. So I'm not sold on the Jaguars getting a right tackle, but Taylor won't be able to participate in the combine. Uh, He has a hamstring strain, and he won't be able to participate in any, any of the drills and on-field work at the Combine, but I don't think that'll affect his draft stock. He's a guy that was really impressive at Florida. This is only a minor injury. I should say really impressive at Florida his senior season. He wasn't too impressive prior to that, but he really wasn't getting coached all that well, so I can't blame that too much on him. Um, and then a little bit more news here. Josh Jacobs, who is my RB1, he's pretty much everyone's RB1 in this class out of Alabama. He will not run the 40 at the combine. I really don't think that's a bad decision on his part. He's going to be the first running back taken off the board, and it could be as early as the first round for Jacobs. So I would not blame him at all for not running. It's not his strongest suit in terms of uh, just straight line speed. He's got a lot of other awesome traits. So this is not going to impact my view of Josh Jacobs at all. Um, and that's going to pretty much do it for the show. Got got a quick one in today for you. There was plenty of news to go over. I'm, I think overall this was a great day for the Jaguars. You talk about getting Jalen Ramsey under contract through 2020. You talk about reducing Marcel Darius's salary cap number. Uh, down to under $3 million, saving yourself $5 million against the cap this year, getting you into the positive area of cap. Um, and then you just talk about the ideas that Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell both shared Excuse me, at the Combine today. I think they had a lot of great things to say. And uh, Marone's confidence in... Leonard Fournette is really a positive, I believe, for the Jaguars moving forward. And then Nick Foles becoming a free agent. Uh, We all expected that to happen because we didn't think that Foles really would get the franchise tag from the Eagles. But uh, 
it's just another veteran quarterback free agent option that's out there. And according to Schefter, if he is to be believed here, which he's usually on the money, the Jaguars are the favorite to sign him. So uh, good stuff all around here for the Jaguars in terms of 2019 and moving forward. Again, that's going to do it for the show. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo. Follow the show at Generation Jag. And if you do have some time, we'd really appreciate it if you would leave us a review on the iTunes podcast app. really helps new listeners find our show and uh, just helps us uh, pop up a little bit uh, higher on the sports show's rankings and Jaguars show's rankings. So we'd really appreciate that. Uh, Happy Hump Day, Duval, and we'll come back at you with a new episode maybe tomorrow, but definitely sometime here in the near future. Thanks, Duval.